Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. I do need your help with something, if you wouldn't mind. I have, um, there's this thing that I do, and I just, I need you to tell me if it's normal. Um, And I think you're going to meet me halfway. So I'll start with the part that's very relatable. Whenever I am in a difficult situation of some kind, any kind, I, I think that it is common practice for us to imagine ourselves like on the other side of the situation. Have you ever been in something really difficult or painful or shameful and you're like, wow, you know what? In a month from now, I'm barely going to remember this. In a year from now, it's just going to be a funny story. Have you ever been there? You're like fantasizing about what it's going to be like in a year once you're past this horrible thing. I, I daydream about what it's going to be like after the moment of pain or shame is gone. Um, I imagine the schedule is different for people, uh, but for me, it's probably, I just was thinking a little bit, I'm, I'm guessing about once a year, I have a moment like that, that is either extremely painful, like literal, like injury, or something so, so embarrassing and, and shameful that I just can't wait to be passed. Probably once a year that something like that happens to me. And when I was younger, I started doing this thing, and this uh, is where uh, it may get a little less relatable. Um, I would call it what it is first. I'm like, okay, this is one of those, this is my once a year shame or pain peak. This is that moment. And, and I would do this thing where I would make myself smile. I make myself smile. Um, I imagine that that's not common practice. How are we doing up here? We all, oh, whoop. could you give, uh, me on my message there? Thank you so much. So I make myself smile. That's my move. That's how I deal with with these things, no matter how much pain I'm in, no matter how lousy I feel, or how much shame I'm experiencing from some horribly embarrassing moment because I've failed someone horribly, I force myself to smile. And it's my way of this like temporary reminder that this pain or shame will pass, that I'm gonna get through it. This is not forever. (laughs) You've been in those moments, right, where you're feeling so much shame that you're like, is this what life is like now? But like you, so you imagine what it's like to be on the other side of it. At some point, I'll look back and I'll be like, okay, this is just a memory now. At some point, that's going to happen. I think I remember the first time I forced that smile. I was at Boy Scout camp and um, we were, (laughs) I was probably in middle school and uh, whoa, a little too much laughter, (laughs) a little bit of judgment going on here. I learned a lot. I've started fires for some of you in here and that is all attributed to Boy Scouts. So um, we were doing a camping trip over the weekend to celebrate the first day of trout season. And so it was a momentous occasion. Um, We would spend the whole day fishing and then we would catch our dinner or buy cheeseburgers. So we would, uh, so the night before, like the big opening morning where we're fishing at like five o'clock in the morning, we are just like a bunch of middle school kids playing in the creek and we're building, uh, we're just like throwing rocks and building a dam in this creek. Um, So my friend, shout out to Connor Repos. Um, Connor... (laughs) Connor Repos was with me, and we're standing on the same rock as we're helping to build this dam together. And he throws a, a, a relatively big rock to like where the dam is happening. At the same moment that I look up, no. connected right above the eyebrow with this rock, and um, it was a moment. And so as my friends, as my Boy Scout friends are practicing their first aid skills, literally one of my friends took off his tube sock and just put it, held it up. It was a good move. It was not hygienic, but it was, a, it was the right move to stop the bleeding. Um, so <laughs> my friends are practicing getting their first aid merit badge, and 
panicking as well. Um, so we go up to the, uh, to the thing and say, hey, we need an adult. <laughs> and I remember on that tri- trip from the creek to the campus site, I remember thinking to myself, huh, I can still smile. And it was a moment for me. And, I, and it was just my way of like imagining, hey, this is going to be over soon. This is a temporary pain. It's going to be over. And um, guess what? I got some stitches, acquired a nice scar, and then I was fishing the next day. <laughs> and uh, I got, also got some cool tools in my tackle box that the doctor gave me because I guess they work on one person's stitches and throw them away. So he's like, here, here's a present for your tackle box because you're fishing. Um, <laughs> I don't mind the scar because it reminds me the past is real. And I just smiled through this, this moment. Fast forward to college. I had this mysterious pain in my gut. Um, and it happened like three or four times. And, and this experience, uh, like every time it was about a month apart, I would have to lay in bed for like 24 hours. And I couldn't do anything. I'm skipping class. I can't hang out with my friends. I'm just writhing in pain with occasionally like a trip to the bathroom for various forms of waste deposits. Um, but I can remember laying in my bed. It's bright outside because it's the middle of the day, but I can't do anything. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can barely think. And I think to myself, that is what I can think. I can still smile. And I'll do a little smile to myself. Jokes. No. <laughs> So I made it through it. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I made it through that situation. Fast forward to uh, just over a year ago, I was driving home from a friend's house near Philly. It was raining. I was driving. Sam was in the back seat. Our dog was in the front seat. Don't read too far into that. And we were driving home from our friend's house who lives in Philly. So it's like a two hour drive. And uh, it was, like I said, it was raining and I lost control of the car. And this was the result. I, I had not really experienced many car accidents. I'd been in one when I was a kid. Um, but after pinballing from guardrail to the median, um, we sat there in the middle of the road. And I thought to myself, in the panic, in that moment, I thought to myself, I can still smile. And I gave a little smile. And then I turned around to Sam and said, hey, give me a little smile. She's freshly concussed. <laughs> and I said, just smile at me really quick. And she did. I don't know, to humor me, I guess. <laughs> she probably doesn't remember. Do you remember? Oh, good, good. Like this. Yeah, just barely. Uh, <laughs> and man, wrecking your car is a pain in the neck, literally and figuratively. And, and I could still smile. And it was a reminder that there is something, this pain is temporary. And in that moment, there was some shame there too, because I just wrecked my car and that's embarrassing for, for me. Probably the normal person's fine with it, but I'm crazy like that. But we made it through that situation. Now, especially in the later years, all of my smiling was coupled with prayer. So don't think when I'm in a crisis, I throw God out the window and just smile my cares away. <laughs> there is prayer involved as well. Um, but my point is this, distraction helps us move past the pain, move past the shame and fantasize about when those are just a memory and we're no longer dealing with it. And that thought crossed my mind several times in the past few months during the pandemic. I thought to myself, man, in a year, this may be a memory. And, and honestly, a year, maybe not. But in 10 years, this is going to be a story I tell. In 20 years, this is going to be in the history books. It's going to be over. I'm not going to have to deal with it anymore. As I learned more and, uh, and listened more and thought more, I thought to myself, well, first, I go from thinking, I can't wait until I'm on the other side of this. I can't wait to get back to normal, to thinking, I didn't always love normal. 
what exactly am I so eager to get back to? And since I have this chance to start over, maybe are there, there's some things that I could consider, that I could reconsider, that I could reevaluate. There's a pastor in Georgia. His name's Andy Stanley. He's one of my favorite preachers and authors of all time. Incredible speaker. Um, he's one of those podcasts that I listen to. And I listen to his Sunday mornings. And early in the pandemic, he preached a series called Better For It. When you go through difficult things on the other side, you want to be better for it. That's the idea. And in this series, he said this. If we're wise, we'll reflect on what we've learned and what we want to carry forward. After all, Pain without any gain is a shame. He preaches pretty. <laughs> and that became the bottom line for their series. Pain without any gain is a shame inspired the bottom line for our conversation tonight. Pain without gain is a shame. It's an approximate rhyme. It's okay. <laughs> the pandemic was painful, but it would be shameful if we didn't make it gainful. Do you like that? Do you like that? I think this is such an important idea. I don't think we can, we can get past this. Um, the past few months were tough, but God is in the business of redeeming things that are tough, right? This verse is like so often in the church uh, ethos, Romans 8, 28. Uh, many of us have heard this verse before. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. He works things together, everything for the good of those who love him. And the context of this passage is that God has the world in his hands. He's in control. You can trust him with it. You don't have to worry about it. He has you. I don't believe, I don't tend to believe that God sent the coronavirus, things like that. Some will make an argument that that's true. I don't tend to believe that. But I think that as we are dealing with this difficult situation, we need to ask God, how are you redeeming this? How are you redeeming how are you working this together for my good? How do we grow? What do we learn? Those are important questions. If we don't take the time to learn from these last few months, it will have been a huge waste. Pain without gain is a shame. And I'm not just talking about learning hygiene or TikTok dance, but we have a lot to learn about ourselves. We have a lot to learn about ourselves as we look back at the past few months. And this is what I want to talk about for a little bit tonight. Looking back, even if it's a little painful to relive that trauma, it would be more painful to let that trauma happen and don't let God redeem it. Pain without gain is a shame. So let's talk about some things, some things to look back on. What happened to your time? What happened to your time in quarantine, in the pandemic? If you're like me, one thing that happened is that I was reminded Time is a construct, and I can go to bed at 3 and get up at 11, and that's fine. And listen, I'm a grown-up, so I don't even have a parent breathing down my neck saying, like, oh, you're finally up, right? Look who decided to join us. <laughs> but now, I mean, I was still working, so I couldn't do that every day. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's your parent. That is an, if you're listening to this podcast, we know that our parents love us very much. Um, some of your parents do. So <laughs> I meant listen to the podcast. I'll forget it. It's over. It's past. It's past. <laughs> so like I said, I was working. I couldn't go to bed late every day, but I have not gone to late that late, gone to bed that late and got up that late since college. Like that with that much consistency. It was 
it was a fun time for me. Um, the point I'm making is that the pandy decimated my routine. Com- com- <laughs> the pandy. It ruined my routine, right? And it probably ruined your routine as well, yes? Yes? Completely obliterated your routine, especially the stuff that was like dictated to you. So like school, it became a thing that you do on your own time if you want to. (laughs) Um, Things like work might've stopped completely for some of the people in the room. Uh, Church was online. So basically whenever you could squeeze it in, that's when this happened. Your routine was no longer something that other people decided for you. That's a lot of freedom all at once, right? And this is the part to look back on when your routine was destroyed and you were given the ability to rebuild it from the ground up. What did you build? What did you make? You have the same amount of hours in the day as everyone else in the world. What did you build when you rebuilt your routine? I think we have a general idea of how God wants to impact our routine. He very much wants to be a part of it, that we have a deep and daily relationship with him. Did we create a routine that glorified God when we were able to rebuild our routine? Did you fit in reading your Bible, prayer, worship? Did you fit those things into your routine? Or was it sort of low on your list? Shower, eat, sleep, Netflix, Minecraft, Roblox, watch all the Avengers movies, complete five workout challenges, scroll TikTok endlessly, and finally, oh, right, 10 and 10. Don't forget. Where did it fit? I'll admit I'm not happy with the way I responded because when, when things went crazy town banana pants, my, uh, my brain, I switched into wartime general mode. <laughs> so like I'm trying to lead teams. I'm trying to like maintain relationships. I'm trying to make Apex happen in a completely new way. And, and it all happened, but there was a point where my schedule was filling up. My routine was destroyed and then started to happen again. I started to get another one. And then I thought to myself, what did I just build? Was Jesus even there? And sure, he was there, but not what I wanted, not what I would have wanted to look back on and say, wow, the first thing I did was made sure I had eight hours of prayer a day. <laughs> when you could rebuild your routine... What did you build? How did you do? And, and none of this is to produce shame. So if you're starting to think to yourself, I didn't do well. I don't want you to be sad about it. I don't, want you, I don't want you to experience something that keeps you in it. But I want you to look back. I want you to learn, evaluate, talk to God about it, and, and let him move you into learning and move you into better. Closely related to time looking back at our habits. I mentioned 10 and 10, uh, which is the phrase we use to describe 10 minutes every day in prayer, 10 minutes every day reading the Bible. So um, those are the habits that we use and they help us to get closer to Jesus and hear his voice. So when a routine was gone and anything usual was gone, which habits rose to the surface that became things we realized we couldn't live without? What were the first things that went in, that the first habits that began to form over the, the, the quarantine? Maybe it was checking your Instagram every 30 minutes. Um, I bet you it was your snap streaks for some of you. Maybe it was your office ex- obsession. Uh, I get it. Maybe it was backyard basketball. What, was, what were the first habits you went to? And none of those are like 
specifically bad. None of those are objectively wrong things to do. But if those are the habits that we immediately found time for, but listening to worship, turning in, tuning into church online, a sermon podcast, if those things didn't make the cut, we have some learning to do. That's something we can learn from. In my experience, the absence of those positive spiritual habits often leads us to negative habits. So when we're, we are you know, not doing the positive ones, negative ones will pop up often. And uh, so maybe for you, it, you did not put the positive ones in your schedule. And so negative ones started to pop up. A particular website that you wish you had not been on when you're looking back. Maybe it was sneaking out to do something you knew you shouldn't be doing. Maybe it was something that you stopped doing but came back to because your habits, your routine, it just got messed up. Maybe it was something you hadn't completely stopped doing, but, but the progress you had made was, made was halted because of a disruption. Again, this is not about shame, but I don't want you to miss an opportunity because what is a shame is pain without gain. One more thing to look at is our relationships. What happened to our relationships over the past few months? How are we doing as we look back at those things. Think about your relationships with your family. Now, I know being locked in your family for three months, and locked in your house with your family for three months, sounds like a great idea. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I have nope in my notes. <laughs> he says nope. Uh, but obviously there are some challenges presented, right? There's a new family dynamic happening because lots of things have changed. Were you fighting with your family more? Were you fighting about new things? Why do you think that is? We're talking about looking back. Don't let it just have happened and been painful. Look back at it. What do you learn from it? What, what were you fighting about and what percent of your conflict was your fault? If zero is not an option, <laughs> because it's not. What about your relationship with your friends? What happened to those friendships? Do you fight with certain friends more? Uh, why do you think that is? What percent of that was your fault? No, zero is not an option. Because we talk a lot in this room about how relationships impact your spiritual life, right? Your friendships, the, the people you spend time with, impacts the way you interact with God. So it's not a matter of if your, your relationships impacted your, your spiritual life. It's how. And let's ask that question. How? Did my relationships impact my faith through the pandemic? Did you spend time with people that encouraged you to get closer to Jesus? Did you spend time with people that who negatively impacted your habits or the way you spend your time? I personally reconnected with some friends that um, I was not talking to often, and we were, you know, communicating more regularly for the first time since like early college, uh, playing puzzle pirates occasionally. Um, <laughs> I also had a good friend from high school that reached out to me. Literally, I don't know if I've spoken to him since we graduated. And so I'm confident that some of you have had some friendship anomalies in this room that you're like, people are coming up uh, that you have. Maybe it was someone you, had, you spent time with that you had in a long time. Maybe because they're in your town and you know, now that you can't go all over the place, you were forced to be with certain people. Maybe you reconnected with someone on the internet. However that was for you, uh, maybe it was in your home. Maybe it was a sibling that you're like, wow, now that we have this time together, uh, maybe we were able to get closer. Maybe we, you know, more conflict, we got further apart. Again, none of these things are inherently bad, connecting with people or changes in friendships, but we do have to look at how they impact us. We do have to learn from them because we can gain so much 
from what we learned about ourselves over the past few months. And pain without gain is a shame. I'm gonna have the band come up. Uh, we're gonna move into worship here soon. And, and this, as we move into worship, this uh, theme of looking back, learning, asking questions, that's kind of where I want you to be as we worship tonight. Um, evaluate how you responded in a crisis. Learn from how you responded in a crisis and leverage that learning for growth because pain without gain is a shame. I'd like to leave you with another scripture. Uh, in the book of Joshua, we see a transfer of leadership. Um, Moses was leading the Israelite people. He was leading God's people. After his funeral, who is going to lead us? So God appoints Joshua as that next leader. And so he's giving this charge in Joshua 1. He's giving this charge for what? Joshua is a great leader. He's humble. He's, he's strong. So this is God's charge to him as he prepares to be the leader of God's people. This is Joshua 1, 6, 7, 8. Be strong. You may have heard some of these, especially these first four words, very common in coffee cups, etc. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. But God has this very specific directive for Joshua as well. And this is verse 8, where he says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is God saying, Joshua, don't forget your 10 and 10. Now, he does say day and night, which probably, you know, equals out to more than 20 minutes, but the point stands. When you spend time with God's word, this is what I want you to get. When you spend time with God's word, when you spend time in prayer, you're preparing for battle. You're preparing for challenges. You're preparing for crises. So looking back, how did you do? What can you learn? Pain without gain is a shame. So I'm sort of transitioning into another question as we get into worship. Where are you right now? Where are you right now on that journey? Because it's not too late to look back. It's not too late to learn something. So as we transition into worship, let's do some work together. Let's press into God in a, in a worshipful atmosphere and, and seek his voice, seek his instruction, and let him teach us as we look back and say, how did I do? God, how did I do? What can I learn? We have to learn from crises. We have to learn from challenges because pain without gain is a shame. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Jesus, we're so thankful for what you're doing, what you're here to teach us tonight. I'm so thankful for where you're taking this room, where you're taking this group. I'm thankful for every person in this room because I believe this is an important message you have for us today. We are on the, the, the what seems to be the other side at this point of a historical event. So we ask we ask ourselves, we ask you for instruction, your voice. 
How did we do? How did we do? Did we prioritize you with our time? Did we show our love for you with our habits? Did we surround ourselves with people that would help us to do those things? God, as we look back, I pray you are inspiring us. You are convicting us to change, to learn, to move. Because we have so much to learn here, to teach us. Tune us into your voice tonight. As we spend some time in worship, God, I pray that you help us to stay focused. Where do I need to learn? What do I need to learn? What did I miss? What could I have done better? And give us your boldness and power and strength to make better decisions in the future. Because we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. It was challenging. It was painful. And you're redeeming it. You're redeeming it. Because pain without gain is a shame. So we give our pain to you so that you can give us that gain and teach us. So tonight, God, speak to us. Teach us as we seek your face, as we get closer to you. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.